Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus. that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, I want to say thank you for coming to church over the summer. And for those of you who have been traveling, we've got a lot of friends online today who are all sorts of places want to say hi to you. And then all of you have been able to travel this summer and get out of town this summer. I'm so glad you've been able to do that. And we're glad you're here today in the house today. Come on. How many of you happen to be at church today? Come on. I'm, I'm not going to take too long on the building, but I've got to say just kind of keep praying for us. We still, uh, uh, September 4th, have no idea where we're going to be. And uh, that's just where it's at. But my daughter had an encounter with God last night. The Lord spoke to her. She was just singing, and God honestly spoke to her. She was frightened about it. God, God, God just spoke to me, Dad. I've never experienced it before. It was like such an encounter. What do I do with it? And then what did he say? She says, he's going to wait to the last minute. <laughs> and I said, I was, it was the devil. No. <laughs> Just kidding, but that was the word. She said she saw a picture of a building, and she said she saw our 10-year anniversary. And she said, "Dad, the Lord just said, don't have fear. He's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna do it at the end of the delay." And I said, "Well, praise God." And uh, I asked her to go back to prayer and ask if maybe she could get another in, in prophetic word that it's gonna happen today. But no, it's okay. But come on, let's just uh, thank our, our worship team here today. It's what a great time. Thank you, Pastor James. It's on. It's just not. Nothing's up there yet. Maybe it's not on. Thank you, Pastor James. All right. Well, let's get into the Word today. Um, we are going to finalize our uh, extraordinary series today because I have a as we end our summer and as we kind of come into this interesting season as a church, um, um, I have a few uh, messages prepared for the next few weeks that just the Lord's been putting on my heart that it's been stirring me and I, I've been uh, God's been using this extraordinary series really to minister to me. And as you know, for the last seven weeks, I've been giving you every week, it's three kind of lessons from the life of Elijah. And really, God's just, you know, we learned about lessons from closed doors and lessons from the purposes of God. You know, like, what is, what is the purpose behind the miracle? And last week, we talked about lessons in the low. When you're low and you're feeling depressed and discouraged, if you didn't listen to last week's message and... You know, I encourage you to go back and listen to it because, you know, obviously I'm just, my dad texted me later and says, Ryan, I saw a window into your soul last week's message. And I said, well, yeah, I was, you know, everyone's texting me, Ryan, are you okay? I'm like, no, I'm okay. I'm okay. I just, you know, I want to be vulnerable and honest with you guys. And I promise you that I'll always tell the truth and how I'm feeling, but also try to tell the truth about what's going on with our church. I don't want to be the kind of church where we go behind closed doors and try to keep things from you. So what you know is what I know at this point. And so uh, we're, we're on a journey uh, to see what God does. But this extraordinary series has been amazing because God just is reminding me that he's an extraordinary God and that he wants to do extraordinary work. And so um, so I'm going to give a, word, a message today as we end our, our extraordinary series in the life of Elijah. We're going to talk about Elisha today. But I'm just going to, I don't know if I should do this or not, but I'm going to do it anyways. I just want to warn you that the message today is probably going to be a little bit of a, a gut punch for many of us. Uh, it's, a, it's a challenging message today. And really what I'm going to pre- share with you today is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, I'm just telling you today, some of you are going to hate it. Don't hate me. I didn't write it. 
Some of you might not like what I'm going to say today. Some of you are going to be encouraged. Some of you are going to be challenged. Some of you are going to be convicted. But this is my ask today, that you leave today knowing that God has an extraordinary plan for your life. He has an extraordinary plan for your life, a purpose for your life, a call in your life. It's extraordinary. God has not uh, given you a spirit of fear, but of love, of power, and of a sound mind. You need to know that today, that you have not been called to live an ordinary life. You've been not called to just keep up with the Kardashians. You've not been called to just live the mundane Canadian dream. God's called us to be radical followers of Jesus Christ. We have not been called to just phone it in and show up to work and come home and do our thing and in and out, in and out, in and out. That's not what God's called us to do. He's called us to live extraordinary, supernatural, incredibly radical lives for Jesus Christ. And the church of Jesus Christ is not, we are not just a, an organization that is all about creating an environment just so that we're all happy and love peach pie. And I love being happy and I actually like peach pie. I don't get to eat it very often because my wife's allergic. So if you ever want to give me a gift, it's the gift of peaches. I love peaches. And if you ever want to threaten my wife, throw a peach in her face. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. She's got an EpiPen on her. Don't worry. All right. Um, God's got an extraordinary plan for your life. And I think what happens is in our comfortable North American life, we settle in and we mundane, into this mundane kind of life. And honestly, I'm just going to say it up front, we make it all about us. And it's actually not about you. And it's not about me. It's about the name of Jesus. It's about his mission. And it's about being radical followers of Jesus Christ. So that's kind of the pretext to where we're going today. And so I just want you to know, I love you. <laughs> I love you, but I'm going to step on your toes today. Let's get into the life of Elisha. And I, I need to just reiterate this. I need to show you in Scripture that before you were born, there was a plan for your life. Look at this. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born. So before Jeremiah was even born, I consecrated you. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations before you were even born. He had a plan for your life. Look at this, Ephesians. We, for we are God's masterpiece. He's created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. So he has plans for you that he planned a long time ago, an extraordinary purpose for your life. Second Timothy, it is he who saved us and chose us for his holy work. He chose us for his holy work, not because we deserved it. So if you think you need to, oh, I got to get my life in order. Well, you, you need to listen to the scripture. Not because you deserved it. Not because you got your life all figured out. Because that was his plan long before, look at this, the world began. Wrap your brain around that. Before the world began, God said, okay, I got a plan for Courtney. I know it's big, girl. I got a, I got, I got a plan for David. I, I, I got a plan for Trina. I got, I got a plan for, 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 for you. Long before the world was even created. Long before the world even started. God had an extraordinary plan for your life. 1 Corinthians 7, 17, only let each person lead the life the Lord, look at this, has assigned to him and her, into which God has called him. So I want you to see today that there is a call of God on your life and that I'm just going to say it today. This is not about you. This is not about our comfort. This is not about our 401k, I'm American. I don't know what you guys call it here, RSPs. This isn't about your future investments. Though those things are important. I invest. I've got some investments. Not very good, but I got them going. Someone help me. No, Nathan, help me. Don't worry. 
This is not about us. This is about the kingdom of God. And you need to know that the kingdom of God in your life, the special call in your life, the extraordinary call of God in your life, is far greater than anything you could put your hands to. It's better than any career, better than any finances, better than any relationship. It's better than any thing in this planet. You might think that it, the things you're pursuing in your life are better. Your job is better. Your money's better. I have a, I'm going to notify you today. There is nothing better than sacrificing and laying your life down for the extraordinary call of Jesus Christ on your life. Look what happens in the story of Elisha. Here we go in 1 Kings 19, 19. It says, Elijah went straight out and found Elisha, son of uh, Shephat, in a field where there were 12 pairs of yoke and oxen at, the work, uh, at work plowing. Elisha was in charge of the 12th pair. Elijah went up to him <clears throat> right while he was working and threw his cloak over him. Elisha deserted the oxen, ran after Elijah and said, Please let me kiss my father and mother goodbye, then I'll follow you. Go ahead, said Elijah. But mind you, don't forget what I've done to you. So Elisha left, and he took his yoke of oxen, and he butchered them. He made a fire with the plow and tackle and boiled the meat, a true farewell meal for the family. He left and followed Elijah, becoming his right-hand man. So what I'm going to give you today is three observations from this story about how Elisha responded to the extraordinary call of God in his life. We see Elisha in this story. We know Elisha was a very, very wealthy guy. They had so much land that they needed 12 uh, 24 oxen, 12 pairs of yokes to, to take care of their land. They had a lot of land. And in fact, we see that he was a very, very wealthy person. He came from affluence. He came from a place of, of where he had a lot. He, he was basically next in line to take this massive inheritance over. He had a great financial future ahead of him. He was going to be greatly successful and wealthy. And Elisha was a man who, who was, was on the plow. He wasn't too good to work. Look at this guy. He's on the plow. He's a wealthy fella. He's not just distributing it to his servants. He's, he's got 11 other servants working the plows. And Elisha was one of them. You saw this guy was a hard worker. This guy was a guy who was out working on the plow. And I assure you this guy had a good relationship with Jesus. I know he knew God because he was chosen to be Elijah's predecessor. And so we see that Elisha was a, a young man who hadn't yet bowed down to Baal. He hadn't yet bowed down to the other gods. He hadn't given up to the cultures of this world. He hadn't laid down to the things of this world. He hadn't given in to the, the finance god or the, the sex god or the, the, the money god or the, 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 you know, the, the fame god or the selfishness god or whatever the god is, the Greek god, the Roman god, the Assyrian god, all the gods. He didn't lay down any of them. His heart was focused on God. And we know this because God had chosen him to be the predecessor for Elisha or Elijah. This story gives us a beautiful understanding of three things we can see in this story of how you and I have to consider to, to, to respond to the call of God on our life. Here's the first one if you're taking notes uh, this morning. Three lessons about the extraordinary call of God in your life. The extraordinary call requires faithfulness where you are. It requires faithfulness where you are. If you want God to use your life with... A, with an extraordinary call that, that God uses you in such ways that is so far above and beyond your understanding. We see that Elijah was used to call, uh, to stop the rain in the sky and he rose a young boy from the dead and caused a meal to come from a little bit of oil and he called down fire from heaven and he did incredible miracles. And God is saying, listen, 
There's miracles in your life that you can do. There's things that God's called you to do. There's signs and wonders that God's called you to do. There's, there's God's kingdom to build. And there's, there's breakthrough in, in your life. And God wants to use you in your business. And he wants to use you in your neighborhood. And God wants to use you to do above and beyond all that you could ask or dream or imagine. Not just to live a mundane life, but to live a life that's extraordinary. That's above and beyond. That's miraculous. Where there's signs and wonders and miracles and transformation. And God moving in your midst right now where you're at. But in order for you to experience this extraordinary call of God on your life, you have to be faithful with where God has called you right now. It says Elijah went straight out and found Elisha. As I mentioned, he was working on the plow. Elijah had a huge call of God in his life. But when when, when God found Elisha, he was just doing his job. When God found Elisha, he was just working the plow. Remember, he was in charge. He could have sat to the side and just said, I deserve this. Or he could have sat to the side and, and just kind of had a leisurely perspective. No, he was out there working hard with what God had put in front of him. He was working the plow. He was working the plow. He was working the plow. I know that Elisha knew that there was a call of God in his life. I know it. Just imagine for a moment that Elisha was in his prayer closet and praying as he worked the plow saying, God, I know there's more for my life than this. God, I know that you have something great for me. God, I know that there's more for me than this. God, I know that, that, if, that, that you call me to be a mighty man of God. And I, you call me to pastor a church. Or you call me to start this business. Or you call me to be in this relationship. God, I know that there's more for my life. But God, I'm going to continue to work this field with patience. I'm going to continue to work this field with integrity. I'm going to continue to work this field knowing and my heart is ready and I am prepared and I'm, I'm willing to do what God wants me to do. But this young man continued to work hard on this plow. Remember, he was the next in line to be one of the greatest prophets the Bible ever wrote about. Remember, Elisha went on to do double what Elijah did. Double anointing. He knew God had a call on his life. He knew there was more to life than just this. I've said that so many times. God, is there more than this? God, you have more people. God, you have more miracles. God, you have more salvations. God, you have more finances. God, you have more. You have more for us. God, you have more for me. I know many of you are here today and you're in a season where you know God's called you to ministry or you know God's called you to missions or God's called you to pastor or God's called you to prophesy or God's called you to start that godly business and you're in a season where you're just, maybe you're working at Starbucks or maybe you're going to school or maybe you're doing your job and you're like, oh my gosh, I cannot stand this any longer. In order for you to experience the extraordinary call of God in your life, you have to remain faithful in the season that you are right now because God is testing your heart. He's testing you. Will you remain faithful to the season you're in? Because if you can, God says, I will go above and beyond. But if you can't, you will not, your heart will not be prepared for what I have for you in store. That's what this building season's been about for us. <laughs> I'm gonna, we're going to have a meeting this week, and I'll share more with you next week. But you guys are going to be pretty blown away by the roller coaster that we've been on. And I know the Lord's been speaking to me saying, Ryan, I've been teaching you because you, are not, you weren't ready for where you're going. But this season of delay, you've got to be faithful with where you are. You've got to be faithful in this season. And many of you today can taste it. You can see it. You can smell it. You can smell that promotion. You can see that relationship, that marriage relationship. Oh, you can see that ministry. You can see that thing just in your grasp. It's right there. I just want it so bad. And the Lord says to you today, just remain faithful. Look what the scripture says. God's going to open up a door of opportunity for you, but this is how. Humble yourselves. Everyone say humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's 
mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. How about this, Psalms 37? Don't be impatient for the Lord to act. Keep traveling steadily along his pathway, and in due season, he will honor you with, come on somebody, every blessing. Hello. <laughs> Do you think that David meant every? I think he would have said, in due season, he will honor you with some blessings. Every blessing. Look at this in Habakkuk 2.3, but these things I plan won't happen right away. Slowly, steadily, surely the time approaches when the vision will be fulfilled. If it seems slow, don't despair. For these things will surely come to pass. Just be patient. They will not be overdue a single day. You will not be late to the call of God in your life. You say, God, I want to get there, to, I want to get there today. He says, well, you might just get there tomorrow, but don't worry. That's when I want you there. I know you want to be there now. I know you want to be in that facility now. I know you want to be in this place in your life now. I know you want to get to that season now. But listen, just trust the Lord and stay faithful and keep working the plow and be a person of integrity and do what's right and honor people around you. Continue to speak life. Continue to be faithful in your generosity. Continue to be faithful in the areas of God's called you to be in. You remain faithful and he's working on your heart because he's trying to get the stuff out. He's trying to make sure that, man, Lord, if this is all I have for the rest of my life, it's all to your glory, Lord. If this is all you have for me, Lord, if I'm going to plow this field for the rest of my life, God, I am so thankful I get to plow this field, God. Oh, God, thank you so much that you gave me this plow. I get to do this today, God. Praise God. He's working on your heart because you think you deserve more. I think I deserve more. And the reality is we don't. We don't deserve more. But only by his grace, he says, okay, you just wait, you hold on, you hang out. You keep working, you keep being patient, you keep being faithful, you keep reading your word, you keep praying, you keep worshiping, you keep doing what you're doing, and you do it with a right heart. I will bless you with every blessing. It will not be overdue. I'm leaning into this because I feel like I'm prophesying to somebody right now. You want to pull the ripcord on your season. The Lord says, don't do it. What I have for you after this season is far greater than this season. And if you pull the ripcord, you will be greatly disappointed with what ends up with your life. So stay faithful. Stay humble. Stay repentant. Stay, stay, stay forgiven. Stay clean. Stay, keep that out of your life. And I promise you, God will bless your life. Amen? Here's a second thought here today that we learned from the life of Elijah. The extraordinary call requires you to consider the cost. Look what happened. It says he threw his cloak over him. He's just working the plow. Elijah walks up to him. He wa walks right up to him. And as he's going to plow, Elijah just walks right next to him and just throws his coat on him and then just keeps walking away. <laughs> he just, this odd moment in Scripture where Elijah's just like, I don't got time for this. You know, he's just like, whoop, okay. He throws his cloak on him. Uh, in that moment, Elijah walks up to him and he turns away and walks. This just wasn't good timing for Elisha. Elisha was in the middle of a project. Elisha was finishing up his paper. Elijah was finishing that contract. Elisha was just on the verge of that promotion. Elisha was, this was just not a really good time for Elisha. He's doing the work that's in front of him. And out of nowhere, this cloak lands on him. The most unexpected, unlikely time for God to do this. It just wasn't in my timing, God. I thought I'd be on my knees reading my Bible in my house after I was working when I was fully prepared to respond in that moment. This was an interruption to my life. And the extraordinary call of God came in the middle of a project. It happened suddenly. But I want you to see something in the scripture 
Elijah was absolutely ready. Elisha deserted the oxen. That word means he forsook it. He left it behind him, and he ran after Elijah. There was an immediate response on on Elisha's part. He immediately responded to that moment. And he ran after Elijah, and he chases him down, and he asks him a question. He says this, please let me kiss my father and mother goodbye. Then, everyone say then, then I'll follow you. The greatest deception in North American Christians, the word then. I'll give my all for your kingdom, but first let me make a bunch of money. I'll give my all for your kingdom, but first let me get married. I'll give my all to your kingdom, but first let it just be at the right time, at the right place, in the right season, when it's perfectly right for me, when I got my 2.5 kids, my two kids and my dog and my house, and my picket fence, and I got my retirement thing. Then, God, I'm going to go for you. Then, tomorrow, Please let me kiss my mother and father. Now, the truth is, I don't think Elisha in this was, was, was not willing to do the, what he was being asked to do. I actually think there was a readiness in his heart. And I don't think Elijah was mad at him when he says this to him. But he comes back at him and says this crazy statement. Go ahead and go back. But mind you, don't forget what I've just done to you. Yeah, go. I want you to go back to your life. But I want you, when you go back to your job, and when you go back to your neighborhood, and when you go back to your school, I want you to remember the call of God on your life. And I want you to consider what it means for you. I want you to consider what it means that when you go back, look at your life, and look at what you have, and look at the oxen, and look at the possessions, and look at the inheritance, and look at the life that you're leading. And I want you to truly consider what I'm asking you to do. Do not forget what I've done to you today. Consider the cost. Look what Jesus says in this in Luke 14. A large crowd was following Jesus. He turned around and said to them, if you want to be my disciple, remember, I didn't write this, so you can take it up with Jesus. You must, by comparison, hate everyone else. Your father and mother, wife and children. Yes, your children. Brothers and sisters, yes, even your own life. Otherwise, cannot be my disciple, but don't begin until you count the cost. For who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there is enough money to finish it? Otherwise, you might complete only the foundation before running out of money, and then everyone would laugh at you. Or they would say, there's the person who started the building and couldn't afford to finish it. Or what king would go to war against another king without first sitting down with his counselors to discuss whether his army of 10,000 could defeat the 20,000 soldiers marching against him. This is Jesus talking. And if he can, he'll send a delegation to discuss terms of peace while the enemy is still far away. Still, you cannot become my disciple without giving up everything you own. You're like, why did I come to church today? (laughs) Shoot. Christianity is a risk. Jesus was almost trying to talk people out of following him. He's saying, listen, I want you in 100%. I can't have half your heart. I can't have 25% of your heart. I got to have it all. You can't be my disciple without giving up everything you own. Christianity is a risk, and we can't forget that when we turn our lives to Christ, we have to calculate and think 
that it's not just this easy hand-raised conversion. It's an estimated thought-through decision. We can never forget that following and choose Jesus is a radical choice, was a faith choice, was a risky choice. But we have to believe that this risk is worth it in the end. It's a, it's a risk. Jesus was preaching a radical gospel that required some sincere calculations of whether or not I really want to be a follower of Jesus Christ because he did not call nominal, apathetic Christians. He called radical, faith-filled, passionate followers of Christ for him. Christianity is a step of faith, and ultimately Jesus is calling us to abandon ourselves, to leave certainty for uncertainty, to safety for danger, self-preservation for self-denunciation, in a world that, that prizes promoting oneself, they were following a teacher who told them to crucify themselves. And history tells us as the result that almost every one of the disciples died for their faith. Elijah says, go and consider your call. You know, we actually see the same story all the way in the New Testament with Jesus. Look what he says. On the road, someone asked if he could go along. I'll go with you wherever, he said. Jesus was curt. Are you ready to rough it? We're not staying in the best inns, you know. Jesus said to another, follow me. And he said, certainly, but first, excuse me for a couple days, please. I have to make arrangements for my father's funeral. My dad passed away. I'm in charge of the funeral. And Jesus refused. First things first. Your business is life, not death. And life is urgent, announced God's kingdom. Then another said, I'm ready to follow you. Master, but first excuse me while I get things straightened out at home. Let me say goodbye to my family. This is what Jesus said. No procrastination. No backward looks. You can't put God's kingdom off till tomorrow. You've got to seize the day. Lord, I'll follow you. No, are you sure? Because I'm not staying in the four-star hotels here. I'm homeless. Jesus, I'll follow you. Yeah, but my dad's in the hospital. Can you imagine Jesus walking into the hospital room where your father had just passed away? And Jesus walks in and says, I'm calling you an extraordinary call in your life. He says, okay, Jesus, let me do it tomorrow. My dad's passing away. It's my response. He says, leave it. Now, the danger is, is that you and I want to rationalize these passages away. Jesus didn't really mean that. Jesus didn't really mean that he'd be homeless. Jesus didn't really mean that we're supposed to give up our lives so much so that if my dad's funeral, I have to leave it for him. Jesus didn't mean that I'm not fit for his kingdom if I have to go back and say goodbye to my parents. That's not what Jesus meant. And the danger is when we do that is instead of seeing the radical gospel of Jesus Christ as it is, we mold the image of Jesus into what we want it to look like. We find that we are now not serving the God of the Bible. We are serving ourselves. We come to church on Sunday. We worship. Thank you, God, for giving me this beautiful, massive home. And he says, okay, I want you to give it all up. And he says, Lord, I didn't hear you correctly. God, I just, you know, I, I've seen breakthrough in my businesses. That's awesome. Now I want you to give it all up, and I want you to give it all to the poor because I'm going to bless you 50 times more than what you've ever had, and you're going to be an entrepreneur in the kingdom of God, and it's going to be by faith every single day of your life, and you're just going to be giving money like away crazy, but you've got to give away your RSPs and your homes and your boats and everything, and you say, oh, boy, I just don't know if I can do that. You didn't really mean that, but I want you to know, this is what the gospel of Jesus Christ is. When Jesus talked to his disciples, he just, this is what he said to them. Come on, no procrastination. You can't look backwards. Leave the past behind you. Press forward to the kingdom of God. You can't put God's kingdom off until tomorrow. Seize the day. 
This church isn't about just creating a Canadian comfortable environment. This church is about taking the kingdom of God by force. This church is about standing on the gates of hell and taking down the gates of enemy and pulling back real estate that belongs to the Lord and going into regions and saying no more demonic forces in this place. Love City Church is here. We're not just a cutesy church that's a place where Canadians can come and be safe and happy. We are a place of radical followers of Jesus Christ who lay down our all, give everything we can to see one lost person come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. So I'm going to say this, and I say it with love. If that's not the church for you, I can give you seven churches I know of right now that are just providing just that. we got to be radical for Jesus. He didn't call us to be nominal. He didn't call us to sit on the sideline. He didn't call us to sit back and watch. He didn't call us just to, you know, wait till tomorrow. He says today, come on, there's a call of God in your life. And you and I have to consider this cost. And I want to tell you this, as I mentioned, the call of Christ on your life is far better, far better than anything you can commit your life to. I'm telling you now, you are exhausting yourself, giving your life hours and hours and hours and hours to your job for no, to, to, for no reason, for money, listen, that dies with you. Do you want to know what makes a difference? Is when you say, I'm going to give my life all to the call of God. Now, does that mean every one of us need to be poor? By God, no. Does that mean you need to give all your money away? No, not necessarily unless the Lord tells you to. What I mean is that God wants all of you, 100% of you, and you've got to consider the cost. Here's the third thing today. I hope I still have friends after this message today. Here we go. The extraordinary call requires an extraordinary response. He wants everything. See, that's why he wants you to take some time to consider it. He wants it all. He wants everything. He wants it all. That's why he wants you to take the time to consider it. We see what Elisha did. He took his yoke of oxen and he butchered them. This was a sacrifice not only to the Lord, what this meant in the, when he butchered this oxen, it was his way of saying, okay, God, I'm taking what has, what has been the most valuable thing to me, and I'm sacrificing it to you. Look what it says. And he made a fire with the plow. You know what he did with that plow? He said, I am never going back to my old life. Cutting it off today. He made a tackle. He boiled the meat. Had a little party with his family. Okay, guys, here's some meat. I love you. And he left once and for all followed after Elijah. He seized the day. He took what was in front of him and no longer worried about the petty things of this world and said, nothing else matters except for one thing, the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Nothing else matters other than expanding the gospel. Paul talked about this in Philippians. Look what it says. Paul says, now I have given up everything else. I found it to be the only way to really know Christ. I want you to read that again because this is the key you experiencing everything that God has for you the breakthrough in your relationship might be because there are things in your life that God is asking you to give up that you're unwilling to give up you say why is my relationship with God why is there a barrier well maybe it's because look what he says I've given up everything else I have found it to be the only way to really know Christ and to experience the mighty power that brought him back to life again and to find out what it means to suffer and die with him look what he says you know, dear brothers, I'm still not all that I should be. I'm not perfect. I mean, I got stuff going on. I got a, maybe it's a temper, or maybe you curse, or maybe you've got, you know, 
you're dealing with a lust problem or maybe you're in debt or maybe you're just struggling in life or you've got challenges in your, your mental capacity or you say, Ryan, I'm just not there yet. I'm not ready yet. That, that's an excuse. You don't have to be ready. The Lord's called you. Dear brothers, I'm still not as I should be, but I am bringing all my energies to bear on this one thing. Everyone say one thing. Forgetting the past and look for, forward to what lies ahead. I strain to reach the end of the race and receive the prize for which God is calling us up to heaven because of what Christ Jesus did for us. Now, Elisha did double of what Elijah did. Do you know that Jesus says that we will do more too? Look, John 14. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I've done and even greater works because I'm going to be with my Father. The same things that Jesus did, the Bible says, you will do even greater works. Raise the dead, heal the sick, reach lost people, see signs and wonders in your life, see miracle provision, see God provided facilities. It's going to be a miracle for you. You watch, God's going to provide something and you're going to be blown away. He wants you to do above and beyond, far greater, far farther than what Jesus says. I want you to go beyond me. Obviously, we're not God and obviously we will rise from the dead on the resurrection day, but it's all because of Christ. But you need to know this today that many of you are here and at one time, you received a call of God in your life. And you were either, I, I know this for sure, you were hurt by the church, you were hurt by a pastor, or you were hurt in a relationship, or God didn't answer the prayer, or someone got sick and died, or there was a, a hardship or a difficulty that you faced in your life. These are the things that you've experienced. And so what you've said is, man, I've gone through that process, so now I can no longer be used by God. The extraordinary call of God, I'm late to the party. I'll never make it. I'll never make it there. I missed the thing. I missed the moment. It's over. It's done. And I want you to know, Scripture confirms that that is not true. In Romans chapter 11, 29, our last verse today, for the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. Read another translation. For God's gifts and his call can never be withdrawn. He will never go back on his promises. So you might say, Ryan, I'm too deep in sin. Well, he'll never go back on his promises. Well, Ryan, I made too many mistakes, or I missed it, or I was supposed to be here, and now I'm here. Or I'm doing this, or I'm doing that. Listen, God wants you to know today that there is an extraordinary call of God in your life. And no matter where you're at, you can seize the day today and not procrastinate any longer and step up to the plate of God's call in your life. No matter where you're at, even if you're in sin right now, the Bible says, confess your sins and you will be healed. There's breakthrough for you. God has a plan for you. There's no excuse you have that is actually accurate in God's eyes. He says, no, I've got a plan for you. It's extraordinary. It's beyond what you could imagine. It's supernatural. It's beyond. It's amazing. And I've got this plan for you. All you have to do is say yes. Here I am, Lord. Send me. Just stand to your feet as we close our time together today. Come on, every eye closed in this place. We're going to sing another song here. What a beautiful name it is. In the name of Jesus. Just close your eyes for a moment. I just want to pray for you. Holy Spirit, I pray for every follower of Christ today, those in the room who aren't followers of you. They heard this radical gospel today, God, and they say, I want to serve Jesus. I want to give my life to Christ. I've calculated the cost, and I'm ready to do all that God's called me to do. For those in the room that are struggling in their life, and those in the room who are, 
Lord, feeling discouraged and, Lord, lost and hurt and broken today, I pray you would restore the hope of the heart that you've called on their life. Come on, there be eye closed in the place. I'd like to ask this question every week. You're in the room. And you don't know Jesus and you want to commit your life to him today. You want to start a relationship with Christ or maybe you want to rededicate your heart to the Lord today. Just place your hand in the air so I can see it. I want to pray for you real quick today. Want anybody in the room today just want to give your heart to the Lord? Come on, thank you, Jesus. Lord, we just pray for every person today. Lord, we pray every person here today, Lord, who raise their hand. Lord, would you be with their hearts and minds and let them know that you love them and that you're with them and that you've called them. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus.